All right, welcome to week three of the Westward Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, got a little bit different show for you today. Um, we're still going to do the power rankings and the preview, but I'm going to kind of rush through those because at the end of the show, we have two separate guests doing uh, some some fun stuff. First, uh, Tim's going to join us, and he's going to do what he's going to do. And then we have a, a surprise interview uh, that's going to close out the show. So, uh, so without further ado, let's just get right down to the power rankings. Um, this week I asked for Tim Sweeney and Steve to give me their takes on the power rankings. And what I found interesting was Steve actually just did a tiered approach. So I'm going to combine that with the actual 12 through one power rankings that they're the other three of us kind of settled on. Um, and, but I'll read what Steve wrote regarding each of the tiers. So we'll start with tier four. Uh, Steve says two wins between five teams. Sweens was against Tim and it was ill earned. Stevie's was against Trevor and it was ill earned. And then he says, uh, no need to panic yet. I started one and four in 2015 and made the goddamn glory bowl. Stevie started three and five in 2012 and won it. But these teams are in some obvious trouble for a variety of reasons. So let's uh, let's rank tier four, starting with number twelve. Um, a bit of a shakeup here. This team dropped one spot from last week. Um, believe it or not, Trevor, you're sitting in the basement this this week and maybe the weeks beyond. Um, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give one good thing and one bad thing about every team to make it go a little bit faster. Trevor, the good is that Carlos Hyde looks like he might be a steal in the fourth round. The bad is you lost a game in which your opponent scored 94 points. Uh, That can't feel very good. Uh, Going forward, number 11, still in tier four, Devin jumps up a place um, despite losing. Uh, JJ Nelson and Mohamed Sanu could give him some much needed help. He, uh, he picked them up in the free agency this week. Um, but the bad is that he just cut his fifth round pick. I mean, anytime you're cutting one of the top five players that you drafted, you know, your team's in trouble. Uh, speaking of teams in trouble, number 10, Tim. Good. Gronk. He looked like the, uh, the centerpiece of the Pats offense, especially with uh, how many Pats receivers have gone down. Uh, and the bad for Tim's team, he's on pace to lose 16 wide receivers to the IR. Uh, let's see if he can do it, Tim. Number nine, Sweeney. Uh, did get a win. So, I mean, that's good. Christian McCaffrey is playing this, the saints this week. So that's looking good for him. Um, but the bad is his wide receivers have been fucking abysmal. Like, I think all of them are scoring like five or fewer points besides like Jeremy Macklin, uh, number eight, Stevie move, moving up a, a spot this week. Uh, the good is that uh, these two players who were on his bench last week, uh, Carson Wentz and Mike Gillisley, could end up being like the saviors of his season. Tough to say. Looks like Gillisley is in that uh, um, LeGarrette Blunt role and Wentz might finally fulfill his potential. All right, the bad for Stevie's team. 
he's he's relying very heavily on the Redskins offense and they just don't look very good this year. So we'll see how that pans out, but uh, I don't know that he'll be jumping up a tier anytime soon. All right, with that in mind, let's go to tier number three. Uh, Steve says about tier number three, early concerns feel more like underperformances of the they'll figure it out variety than actual alarm bells that need sounding. Their rosters are both a bit banged up already, but so what? Again, the season's a vicious gauntlet, a minefield you just sort of have to sprint through. All right, so for this tier at number seven, we have D. So she dropped four spots this week, due in large part to the fact that she scored less than 90 points. Um, She would have even lost to Trevor. Uh, That is not a good week for a defending champion. But the good thing she's got going is that she just picked up Chris Thompson out of the free agency. And although he's not like the workhorse back you want... She really needs help in the running back department. Right now she's starting Deshaun Jackson in her flex, and that can't feel good. Um, But the bad, the bad for her is Jordy Nelson is out. It looks like it's a multi-week thing. It looks like she'll be without him this week and maybe the week after. So right now her team is really on the decline, Uh, but... Hopefully, for her sake, she can uh, stay in this tier number three. All right, surprisingly, rounding out tier number three, dropping two spots is Marissa. Despite the fact that she won this week and scored 130 points, which is really respectable this year, uh, she lost Greg Olson. So, spoiler alert, that's the bad. Um so she really needs to figure that out. So even though she won and she was four last week, it's tough not to drop her here. Uh, the good thing is that CJ Anderson looks like the best he's ever looked. Uh, if he can stay healthy, then Marissa's looking good to make the playoffs. Uh, but let's move on to tier two. And here's what Steve said about tier two. Uh, moderately healthy teams averaging 120 points a week. The early story this year across the NFL is just how shitty it's become. Scoring's way down to the point where if you're just barely hitting your projections, you're in fantastic shape. These are playoff teams at the moment, not because they've exceeded any expectations, but because only one team has been any good at all, leaving a playoff-sized vacuum to fill with utterly average teams so far. Those three teams, starting with uh, number five, that would be Weber. Weber coming in at number five, and I know he's going to be mad. He's like, I scored the most points this week, but he also scored the second fewest points last week, or third fewest, whatever. It was under 90, Weber, so get off my fucking back. Um But he had a really good week last week. Uh, Part of it has to do with uh, Drew Brees getting to face the New England defense. Um, But the best thing he's got going is Todd Gurley II. And I didn't think I'd be saying that. I really thought taking Todd Gurley in the second round was stupid. But Todd Gurley is like the third highest scoring running back in the league. Uh, Bad for Weber. I don't think it's a good thing that Eric Ebron had a good game in week two because I think Eric Ebron fucking sucks and uh, he got to play the Giants who are just horrible in every aspect of the game. Uh, Weber, you should 
seriously consider uh, shoring up your tight end game. All right, uh, number four comes Katie. She scored 138 points uh, in week two. And I know you're saying, well, how is that better than Weber? Well, she did it with a team that I think can consistently produce all year. In week one, she was only at about 100 points, but Tom Brady only had 10, and Mike Evans and Jaquiz Rogers weren't playing for her. Now that her team is basically at full strength and will get even better when Doug Martin comes back, uh, she's looking like uh, almost assuredly a playoff team. Um, the bad thing she's got going is that she has to play Steve this week, and she played me last week, and I think those are two of the better teams in the league. So her, her strength of schedule really isn't helping her out right now. It it must have hurt losing with 138 points. Um, number three, rounding out tier two uh, is Galligan. I hate to say it because I really don't like his team, but Ty Montgomery is so good. He's really come into his own as a running back. He's got the second most points in the league. Uh, between him and um, Antonio Brown, Galligan's team is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, the bad for Galligan's team, um, on paper, it's great that he has Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, but now he has to make the decision which one to start, which one to sit. And it looks like the Titans are also struggling with that decision. So I think if Galligan starts making the wrong call there, it might cost him a week or two. Um, so here's the thing with tier one. Steve provided these tiers, but he refused to rank his team for some fucking manifesto bullshit. I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to say that I think Steve deserves to be in tier one with me. Uh, I know he only scored 113 points in week two, but he did that with Sam Bradford out and he's very reliant on the Vikings. Uh, and he also did that with only eight points from Ezekiel Elliott if Sam Bradford comes back and Elliot returns to form, I think his team can beat anyone and has a really good shot at glory. Um, the bad on his team is that he refuses to not start Cam Newton. And I think he's going to do it again this week. And I know Cam has a great matchup against the Saints, but at some point Steve has to give up and say Cam Newton is not worth having on my team. All right, and uh, number one, so Steve was two. He hasn't moved a spot. I'm number one. Spoilers. I don't like saying it, but I've scored 150 points two weeks in a row, and that's really tough to argue with. The worst thing about my team right now is T.Y. Hilton, and once uh, once Andrew Luck comes back, that, that could actually be a big positive for me. So that rounds out our power ranking. So let's just jump right into the preview because Tim's going to be joining us in like five minutes. All right, so matchup number one is me versus Trevor. Uh, I lead this matchup 3-1 all time. I'm picking me. I've got J.J. going against the worst run defense in the NFL, the Jets. So I don't see any way for Trevor to topple that, but, you know, he probably will. Uh, matchup number two, Steve versus Katie. Steve leads 4-2 all time. Um, I'm picking Katie here. I know that I just said it was going to be tough sailing for Katie against Steve, but until I know that Sam Bradford is playing, it's not Case Keenum, it's tough to pick Steve. He's so reliant on Cooks and Digs that uh, 
could be a tough week for him. Uh, Stevie versus Devin is the next matchup, which interestingly enough is tied five, five all time. Um, and these two are at the bottom of the power rankings the last couple years. I really want to say Devin here, um, because I like the pickups of Mohamed Sanu and JJ Nelson. Uh, but I was looking at his team and his first third and fifth round picks aren't in his starting lineup. That's not a good sign. Uh, Galgan versus Marissa. Marissa leads seven, one all time. I've got Marissa here. Uh, I know Marissa's six Galligan's three, but Le'Veon Bell, um, is playing the bears. And I think that this is going to be the week he has the performance that's kind of expected from him every week. He's going to get some catches. He's probably going to get around 30 points and that'll be enough to take down Galligan. All right. So, Next matchup is my upset special because one of the uh one of the participants is upset. Um Tim versus D. Uh Tim leads 7-4 all time and I'm picking him to win even though his team looks like it's crap. Uh I think someone's lit a fire under his belly and he's about to take it out on D. I think he just added Chris Carson who could easily become like the steal of all free agency this year. Um, so I think his team is a lot better than the, than his record or his points are letting on. And finally, last matchup, Sweeney versus Weber. I hate to do it. Weber leads eight, seven all time. And I think he's going to make that nine, seven. Uh, I really want to pick against him, but I think Gurley against the Niners will be enough to conquer Sweeney without, you know, David Johnson. So, all right, so those are my picks. Um, probably won't get any of them right. Doesn't matter. Uh, let's jump to the segment that Tim and I are about to record. All right, Tim, you're back. Ah, good to be the first recurring guest. I like to think this means that I am better than every other guest you've had. Yeah, you're the Alec Baldwin of the Westford Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, that's a uh, as coming from a big Thirty Rock fan. That feels like a nice compliment. Oh, did I say Alec Baldwin? I meant Steven. Ooh, too late. I already said Alec. All right. So, what have you come on the podcast this week to do? Well, the first thing I wanted to do was talk for maybe five minutes or so, just about uh, something that uh, that we all experience, and that is falling in love with our own players. And I, I would love to take a few minutes and go through and let everyone know who on their team, just drop them. Stop wasting your time. When you're looking to pick somebody up, you're fretting over who you should keep. I'm here to tell you, you have blinders on. There is somebody on your team that you do not need. And we would all be better off without them. Wow. Okay. What do you got? All right, so we're just going in alphabetical order here, alphabetical order being the team name. So starting with Ajayi 5-0. Nice. Uh, recent pickup, but Chris Johnson. I mean, come on. We know what his ceiling is. He's no longer CJ2K. Stop wasting your time. Look, uh, he's a starting uh, running back. Come on. He's going to – He Kerwin Williams sucks, and I just want someone on my team that I can cut without batting an eye. You know? I'm saying just cut him. Don't Already? Cut I got no just, no one else to pick just, up. All right, sorry. I, I can't do him. this. I can't do this. Cut him. Point point taken. All right. Uh, next on my list is Best Little Gorehouse. 
That guy has been holding on to Darren McFadden for way too long. Guy hasn't even suited up first two weeks of the season. Cut him. Drop him. Cut him. All right. Let's do it. This next one, pretty egregious. He's actually, uh, and I have something to say about him a little bit later, but I'll hold off. But Devante uh, is currently holding on to Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace has had a miserable year uh, so far. He's not even the number one receiver on the Baltimore Ravens anymore. Waste of space. Cut him. Drop him. Next, for uh, Dante's Inferno. Currently sitting on his bench is Dante. So I, I understand there's probably a uh, a little bit of wanting to hold on because of your team name. But Dante Moncrief, come on. Andrew Luck's not playing. Even when he is, Moncrief really hasn't ever performed uh, anywhere near what you hope or want him to. Uh, he's just another example of a fad on your roster. Cut him. Drop him. Next, I want to talk a little bit about Forte Knox. Uh, Forte Knox has currently been on a tight end binge uh, and has been picking up multiple tight ends. Currently, she's got Charles Clay on her bench. No, the Claymaker. There's nothing wrong with the Claymaker. Waste of space. There are people like O.J. Howard she could be having, who she actually dropped, who has so much more upside. We know what Charles Clay is. But she you're not going to start him now, why have my like? Uh, if if she was going to start at the guy this week, sure. If if she was her fill-in, but Charles Clay, backup tight end, waste of space. Drop him, cut him. Next on my list is Kremlin Knox. Kremlin Knox, Andy Dalton. Are we serious here? What is this? I, I was going to say an old date, but there's no old date where this even makes sense. There are some better quarterbacks uh, you could just pick up off free agent uh, waiver wire. Andy Dalton, cut him. Drop him. The Red Rifle? No. He's done. Uh, Murray Brown. Murray Brown is an interesting one. Uh, this is the one I probably struggled with more than anyone else. Uh, and I, I decided to air, and I probably should uh, set this up front. A couple things to note. One, ignored people on IR. Free keeps. Might as well hold on to them. Also ignored rookies. Uh, I feel like rookies are... Are developmental prospects, so hard for me to say, you know, that person may or may not break out. Um, and then I also tried to err on picking more keepers because I just feel like you probably have an extra bit of sentimentality. Uh, and so Murray Brown, this might come back if, if we, if we record a podcast, you know, five, 10 weeks from now, this one could come back to bite me the most. But Thomas Rawls, I'm saying cut him, drop him. You don't need him. He's uh, lost carries to Carson. Seattle backs don't seem to last long. This seems this seems a little biased, Tim. I uh, I'm just telling you, I'm trying to help you out. This is a, this is advice, good advice for everyone in this in this league. They don't have to worry about someone else picking him up. Uh, Thomas Rawls on the back end of his career, done. Drop him, cut him. Teach me how to dugger, Danny Amendola. Okay, great. He's going to have one nine reception, 90 yard day, but otherwise he's going to be hurt and he's just picking up uh, a roster spot that you're never going to start him. So drop him, cut him, get rid of him. Uh, Ted Cruz jerks it. Similar to on 9 11. Say the name, Tim. On 9 11. Honestly, this goes back to the Chris Johnson. If I'm saying you don't need Chris Johnson, I'm saying you don't need Kerwin Williams. If your name was uh, Ack Now, Ack How, Ack Kerwin Williams, 
Sure, keep them, but no. Drop them, cut them, don't need them, get rid of them. Sick folklore, easy one here. Kenny Britt, you're uh, you're still living in preseason hype mode. You got Coleman out and all the throws are going to Richard Higgins. Kenny Britt, don't need him. No one's going to pick him up, cut him, drop him. Washington fail, sons. All right, this is the one I've been touting for a while here. Duke Johnson Jr., no one's ever going to trade for him. He's never going to break out. I don't care how bad Crow, uh, Isaiah Crowell looks. Duke Johnson Jr., not seeing it, not feeling it. Cut him. Cut your losses. And uh, Beyonce, I'm going to say Kenny Stills. I just I feel like if you're the third wide receiver in a Jay Cutler offense, I don't care how much money they threw at you, I'm not throwing any of my free agent dollars at Kenny Stills because no one's going to pick him up if you drop him. Drop him, cut him, get rid of him. So right. to the entire league, I say you're welcome. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, you just sped through that so you could get to the uh, the heart of the matter that you came on here to speak about. What happened? What I heard was that a team in this league was throwing serious shade on the best little gorehouse. Well, the team asked me to keep them anonymous, but I already told you it was Weber. So first of all... I don't understand where this is coming from. Uh, and so I'm a little hurt, genuine, genuine hurt on my end. But, um, well, he you said know, your I, opinion was mud. The thing that's bullshit about it in so many levels is that you have someone whose team objectively was putting up points the first two weeks, but I'm sure Weber's the same guy who would be saying the Pats were going to miss the playoffs after they lost to the Chiefs, that they had the worst defense in the league because they were giving up so many points. Um, There's just so much hyperbole being thrown around so soon. Uh, So first of all, to anyone who's pointing to the number of points my team has gotten uh, as a sign of of me not being a, a, uh, a good fantasy owner, just take a look at my team. Both weeks, I've had players who I started get injured after one catch and go on IR. So immediately right there, that's costing the team 30 or 40 points. If you added those those points on, I would no longer be in last place. So clearly, the injury bug has uh, has affected my team. So lay off me a bit right there. I just, ugh, I don't know. You're at a loss for words, Tim. It feels like Weber has shaken you to your core. Look, he also threw some. He also was talking shit about me not spending any of my free agent dollars. And I would say, first of all, that's just because I am shrewd. I would say if everyone had to stick with the current team they drafted and could then place a free agent bid on anyone who's been picked up in the first two weeks of the season, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think the player that I picked up for free, Chris Carson is probably going to have the highest dollar value associated with him. So just because I haven't spent any dollars doesn't mean I've made better pickups than people who were throwing around, you know, 60 bucks on a one week wonder flash in the pan. All right. Also Weber has by far, I know this was brought up on another podcast earlier, but just want to reiterate by far the worst team name. And I think for have somebody with such a terrible team name, um, and I know that there was some aspect of it that was supposed to be so bad it was good, but I think this is so bad it's bad. Um, and for someone who thinks that's clever to be questioning my uh, my decisions in the league. Um, is it safe to say that you want Weber to fail? 
No, I, I actually don't want him to fail at all. I, I think he's going to fail, <laughs> but I, I don't have any ill will towards him. I just think his team's going to crash back down to earth like the average team that it was to start the season. Well, he did get like – how many points did he get from Ebron last week? Because week two, because that was an aberration. Uh, 15 points, not going to happen next week. I, uh, yeah, look at, I mean, take a look at his team. Doug Baldwin, meh, Seattle's offense sucks. Eric Ebron, not going to put up any points, so waste of space there. All right, on that note, let's uh, kick it to past Keith, who's interviewing a very special mystery guest. All right. Well, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show the most controversial manager in Westford fantasy football history, everyone's favorite communist, D. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Keith? Uh, really great. I've been looking forward to this interview all week. It's only Tuesday, good. but still. Um, so I thought that we'd do a little bit of change of pace this podcast focus less on the math. I know, D, you mentioned numbers weren't necessarily what you wanted to talk about. Absolutely. Focus more on your team in general, not just this year, but all years. Um, I mentioned you have a controversial team, uh, but we'll get to that later. The first most pressing question I have for you, D, well, I'll make it a question. Could you describe in your own words, your relationship with Mr. Discount Double Check himself, one Aaron Charles Rogers. Oh, Aaron Rogers. You know, I could talk about him all day. Uh, he is, as I told you before, and anyone who will listen, he's the soul of my team. You know, I, I, I don't watch football without him in my mind. Um, uh, I'm always just waiting for that next concussion to ruin all of my dreams. Uh but I will say, you know, I didn't realize how long I've had him until I was reviewing my teams. And first of all, the fact that our teams go back to 2008 blows my mind, first of all, and that I've had Rogers since 2009. And that was 100%, you know, luck of the draw. Yeah. So do you remember that draft at all? I haven't looked at it. So that was a draft that I had to leave early for. <sighs> so the first year I let my brother Weber draft for me and I ended up with the Carolina defense and the last place team. So I tried to do my due diligence um, and we drafted, I had to leave halfway through and I ended up with, um, Oh God, Brett Favre, even though he had retired that season. So I had a whole team full of really good players that I've, I've kept to this day and a whole bunch of people that were already, um, you know, IR and retired and never going to play. <laughs> <laughs> but you, so, but you did yourself draft Aaron Rodgers. I did myself draft Aaron okay. Rodgers. All right. All right. And that year you also had Calvin Johnson, I think, and maybe Maurice Jones, Drew. And yeah, and LaShawn McCoy. I got them all in the same year. And I will honestly say, and I know this upsets everyone, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Ugh. I was still new to the fantasy thing. You know, I'm not a numbers person. You know, what kind of looks good. You know, you look at the blogs, you watch television, you try to make informed decisions in the moment. And uh, it worked out for me. And I know I know you've had some questionable uh, drafting experiences yourself. Well, so. <laughs> well one, 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to make this about me, but in 2010, I did miss the draft, but I don't know if I could have missed a worse draft because my team basically just drafted individual defensive players who weren't even starting. It was a train wreck. We've had basically the polar opposite teams ever since. Um, But I didn't want to address this right away, but it feels like it leads naturally into it. Um, How do you respond to the other managers who say you're undeserving of the success you've experienced in our league? You haven't let go of Rodgers or LaShawn McCoy in like nine years. Um, Which is, you know, funny because after the draft, uh, Yahoo told me my team could register for AARP and they are correct. Um, So my strategy has always just been to pay attention. All right. So we've had so many managers that don't set their lineup or they throw a hissy fit and, you know, throw games or (laughs) um, they just decide to draft players that weigh a certain amount of pounds, you know, all of these things in fantasy. So I will always say, at least with football, not, not with some of the other sports that we've played, always with football, I've made sure to set my lineup. You know, I don't, trust people enough to trade uh i got uh you know there were some collusion allegations at some point and i'm um, not going to name names but sweeney is always trying to bone me so um yeah don't trade with sweeney uh <laughs> let that be a lesson so, to everyone don't yeah, trade yeah, with sweeney that should be one of the commandments for our league um but you know we've had some crappy years we've had some high scoring years we've changed a lot of the rules i was looking back at some of the old years before we changed the scoring and you could get like 300 points in a week almost like just absurd well we had like 12 defensive players so it just like our points skyrocketed right individual defense like just looking at that i was like that is a lot of people to manage I i had a couple of years i will say my biggest disappointment is uh what was the year? Was it 2011 where oh, the league, the, the team, the season just went too long? I had it in the bag, you know, and then you get to the point of the playoffs and everybody was sad. Yeah. So it was just awful. That, uh, that year I was looking at it, your team scored 23% more than the average team, uh, which was by far the highest mark ever. So I think that team is the best team that's ever existed in Westford fantasy football. And to see you lose to Marissa in the finals. Well, the first thing I was thinking, listening to your last podcast about the Steve effect is I have an, a Marissa effect. I had to go head to head with her last season to actually ultimately win i don't think i have a very good winning record against her uh, well, <laughs> so if I, if I, if it comes down to it it's marissa i dread more than most people so would you say she's your biggest rival you know i think she's the one i worry about the most there's the natural rivalry obviously between me and weber i, I just like to beat him it feels really good oh me too um <laughs> we have something in common oh, of course um, and at, at one time it was fun to have a fake rivalry with Galligan. I, I know there's no H in his name, so I bear him no ill will. Um, I, so I think when it comes down to it, it's, it's Marissa. I feel like I have the most to prove against, which I'm sure Stan will come up with some statistics to tell me it's all in one of our brains, but that's now, how I feel. So it's interesting you bring up Marissa because your, your, your two teams are the 
the two winningest teams in our league history. You're both 68 and 45 all time, which is the, you're tied for first and that's in the regular season. I'll say that. Um, but in the regular season, you are nine and six all time against her, but she owns you in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I, I was going back and looking through the teams. And first of all, I appreciate you calling out everybody's team names. I just want to throw that out there. I was, as I was going back through the archives, we had some really good ones and I think we'd kind of lost that, that love and feeling on that. Um, but I was going through and especially, especially the playoffs. I just, you know, uh, there's nothing that aggravates the league more than citing the good old Weber luck, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's very likely to make it to the playoffs and then bomb big. Time. Yeah. You've, uh, you made the playoffs six times in the last eight years, which is the the most any team has made the playoffs, but you're only five and five. You've only won one championship. So mm-hmm. I think Weber luck does not extend into the playoffs like you're saying, but no. Weber luck does get you the best team in 2009 and win you a championship at some point. I, I it's true. It's true. It, it was a cumulative effect. It took a while. Yeah. You, you stayed the course and it paid off. Um, but now that we're talking about your keepers, how do you feel about the keeper changes that Steve made this year? I think initially, uh, not to be that old lady, but uh, change is hard. <laughs> you know, um, I, I didn't like the way, I don't like the snake draft, especially since I had the last pick, obviously. Um, so that was just very tedious for me. Um, but the changes. I think we won't really see how that shakes down until next year. So, like, I know, hypothetically, I probably won't be able to keep, who like, Jordy Nelson next year. With my luck, he broke his leg, and he's not going to play the rest of the season anyway. Yeah, you might not want um, him. <laughs> yeah, right. You never know. Uh, Green Bay loves and hates me. Um, see, see example, Donald Driver for years and years. Um, so, I think, in theory, it keeps it more competitive because, I mean, honestly, like... I recognize it. I've kept the base of this team for almost a decade. Do you, th- you know, like, do you think that our keeper system has been fair? Do you think it was like, would you have liked to take your yourself out of it? Would you have liked to seen more turnover? Would you know, or did you just love being able to keep Aaron Rodgers every year? Like, obviously you had to, because it made too much sense not to. Right. But right. did you get bored having kind of, a similar team for the last nine years? Well, I think it takes a little bit of, um, it takes a little bit of the fun out of it in a way. I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into, you know, how they, um, how they perform in in circumstances, you know, you know, who, um, who will eventually, you know, pan out to do something. Um, but I'm in this doldrums right now where, you know, I keep my keepers and I pretty much toss everybody else cause they're garbage, you know, they're middle of the road. Um, we have what, 12, um, teams now. So, I mean, finding a decent wide receiver, you know, after the draft or even in the middle of the draft, unless you really know something or you have an idea of where things are going, you know, it's really hard to invest in something. So, you know, I'm always just dumping all of these secondary players and then figuring out what I can get and, you know, dropping, picking up, dropping, picking up. Um, but when you're in a situation where you can redraft fresh, 
you know, you get new blood, you have new opportunities, you, you know, you, you've never had before, you know, like. It sounds like you may be looking forward to next year when you have to do that for the first time in a while. Yeah, I think, I mean, I enjoy football. It, it It's not as intensive as some of the other sports. Um, I, I mean, like watching from... football. I like being in, invested in my players. You know, I'm more likely to watch other teams because I feel more invested in what's going on yeah. in the other games. But at the same time, uh, next year, I mean, and again, we, I said this before, I'm just one quad injury or concussion away from like really team destroying sort of moves. Um, yeah, well. So it has to happen eventually, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you had such good luck last year. Maybe it's uh the real Weber luck is finally showing its ugly head. Well, I do feel like I had something to prove because I know everybody thinks that I don't take it seriously, but I, you know, I really do. I take it seriously. I might not, you know, understand the deep math as we discussed in the statistics and who's up and coming because I think college football is just tedious personally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a huge waste of my Saturday. So I, I don't I don't see the matrix in that way that I think like Sween or Stan or or you guys kind of more understand it. So I go more with my gut, which sounds just ridiculous, but you know, I like having, you know, for example, just Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. Like I ha I like having that connection. If he's gonna throw and produce and he's gonna receive, it's gonna it's gonna ex exponentially get larger. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so I, I go more for that if i can get it i think part of what screwed me this week is mm. my intended receiver got hurt and then the new intended receiver was on uh galligan's team <laughs> yeah randall cobb hurt yeah. you there um that, that was not great no i mean when your best receiver puts up a goose egg you're not looking good that week um so it sounds like fantasy football is pretty important to you. Would you say that is accurate? In the, um, not pretty. I'm, it's more important than people might think. Yeah, I, I really look forward to it. I enjoy it. We've been in this league, all of us, pretty much together since, you know, 2008, was it? Yeah. Um, cool. You know, it's, it's, it's a good routine. You know uh, you're going to have that sort of competitive couple of months and smack talk even though we might not see each other all year we're gonna talk garbage about each other oh, on the that's internet. For sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i i think that's that's something that i honestly really look forward to and uh how, so how proud are you of the fact that you're the reigning glory bowl champion i'm pretty proud even though I, I never actually got glory into my possession no one ever gave it to me wait you don't have glory right now nope what so yep. who Okay. <laughs> Who has it right now? I have no idea. Is it Sweeney? Is it Marissa? This is fucked up. We I, need, I know. We need to fix this right away. Um, so whoever has it, you're an asshole. Right? I mean, I, I, I needed to have my... Uh my glory tour, you know, like with the Stanley cup and yeah, exactly. take the bars and let everybody see me with it. Yeah. You really should do that. Um, <laughs> if you, someone gives it to me, I'll, I'll make a small photo blog of me hanging out with please glory in public. Do, please do. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to get negative again, but some, you know, some of the managers, they talk, you auto drafted last year. Do you think mm -hmm. your championship is tainted because of that? 
Um, not really. The keepers were the same. Um, it was, you know, and I, and I do go in and do the, my, my draft values and, you know, who I wouldn't want to draft if available. And I do all that garbage because it amuses me. Okay. So you did do that. Um, So that, that's a big feather in your cap, I think for this argument. Yeah. No, especially after having years where I trusted Weber and ended up with, you know, the Carolina defense or retired players. Um, (laughs) so that's another, that's another thing. Don't trust Weber. Don't trust Weber for anything. And, you know, and I operated my team the same way, you know, if they were crap, I dropped them. I, you know, picked up new people. I, I moved things around. It might not have been, um, anything amazing, but it probably wouldn't have been much different than what I did sitting there. Well, I will say you made one really shrewd pickup towards the end of last year, which I think probably won you the championship. You picked up Bilal Powell, uh, like mm-hmm. right right when he started to get hot and that really propelled you into the championship. Uh, so kudos to you. Uh, he kind of sucks this year and he's on your brother's team, which double kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. Fuck you ever. I think that's what we're saying. <laughs> um, do you play multiple leagues? Um, I used to, um, right now this is my only league. Uh, I've done work leagues before. Um, Weber and I used to do it and we both worked at Aqua Time Pools, uh, which was dreadful because if you think people don't pay attention in this league, sometimes they lose interest when they're losing. Oh, I've never met such babies. So I think wow. it's hard. They're bigger babies than we are? Well, than I am? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think you're a yeah, big baby. Yeah, well, debatable. <laughs> but... It's hard when you go from a league where you take it seriously, and then I think if I had gone to other leagues where people took it remotely seriously, maybe it would have been enjoyable, but it was kind of throwaway because everyone was just, you know, throwing games and pitching fits. Yeah, I've been there. I certainly, uh, I only do one league now because the other leagues just, they're not the same. No. Instead, they don't have the, the, the heart of, and the rivalries in there, you know? I know. There's, some, there's something about, you know, knowing that out there somewhere I've ruined Galligan's day. Well, not uh, this week. Well, you, but in, in another scenario, it just, you know, it uh, gives you that moment of shine. For I feel week. like you ruined my day every time we play. The last time <laughs> we played, you didn't start a tight end and you still beat me. It just fucking killed me. It was horrible. Well... I mean, in defense of that, tight ends, you know, well, get you somewhere between six and 20 points. And lately for me, it's been about the six. Yeah. So it well, probably wouldn't have made much difference. Well, you lost your boy, Jordan, Jordan Reed. <laughs> I held on him for a long time. I really see. He was really good last year and you, you just cut him. You cut him like, like he was nothing this year. Do you regret I it? I know. You know what I do, especially since I went to the old fallback of Antonio Gates and he's in his elder years here. Uh, he's He really doesn't have the magic anymore at a 5% ownership range right now. <laughs> uh, well, he, he gets a touchdown, so maybe he'll help you a couple weeks. Um, what, I think this is the most important question of the night. Uh, if you could boot one manager from our league, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a great question. You know what? I think it would have to be Weber. 
Yes. Yes. You know, I think I get a lot of flack for keeping the same old players and he does something similar. And uh, just because he's the dude Weber, he gets taken more seriously. So I think from my own personal okay. street cred. I do not take Weber seriously. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be clear there. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, present company excluded. Okay, perfect. Um, great. Weber, you're gone because I'm booting you too. And that's two votes and that's all it takes. Um, who are your f- five favorite fantasy players of all time? Oh, geez. I mean, I think it's obvious for me. It's clearly going to be Aaron Rodgers, Calvin Johnson, Leshawn McCoy, Maurice Jones-Drew. And I'm going to put Antonio Gates in his but, heyday up there. Antonio Gates. That's a surprise for me. No, he was, I mean, he was clutch, you know, he for a good period of time there especially in like the 2013-14 uh concussion era uh he came up with points for me when i needed them you know that counts for a lot to me yeah, well you, you don't forget and that that's a good quality to have you remember who brought you to the dance um <laughs> uh what are you, can you name like your biggest fantasy regret my biggest regret, other than the Carolina defense, I think one of my biggest regrets is having to drop Maurice Jones-Drew. I just I didn't have enough money in my keeper's budget. I had to break up the dream team. I think that's something that I honestly regret. He produced for I, a couple more seasons. Yeah, if I remember right. So that was the expansion year when we had 14 teams. We I, could only protect yeah. three players. So Maurice Jones-Drew... But that year, he actually, I don't think it was that great, and he kind of torpedoed Katie's team. So it might have worked out for you, but I understand. You want to keep the dream team alive. Yeah, it, it was operating good for, uh, you know, you hate to break it up, you know, when you have a good thing going. Yeah. Uh, if it's unforeseen circumstances, you can be a little more graceful about that. But when you have to look at your team and yeah. tell someone they're not your favorite, it, yeah. It's heartbreaking. Exactly. The Steve effect in action. The Steve effect. Yep. Um, all right. Last question, D. Uh, and it's a big one. Are you the best team in our league's history? Oh, well, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I am. You are. So- I think the points speak for themselves. Mm. You might not like my methods. Um I don't control it. I I don't have voodoo magic. It it works. Um, And I could definitely be unthroned at any time. And I'm sure rebuilding will do that to me. But at the moment, I think, yeah. You hear that, Marissa? The gauntlet's been thrown down. All right, Dee. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Any parting words before you go? Just like I said, don't don't trust Weber. Don't trust Sween. And, uh... Go with your heart. <laughs> wow. That's very uh, heartfelt. Um, well, like I said, thank you for joining me, and uh, good luck on Sunday. Thanks a lot, Keith. You too. <laughs>